Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we are going to take a look at one of the greatest titles, and I mean that with all sincerity, that we've done on this show. The New Zealand Story. One of the what now? I think it's one of the greatest titles on the platform. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm spilling my cards early. Stay tuned, mixing everyone. My <laughs> so, um, Aaron, before we get into the wacky antics of a bird in the mm-hmm. South Pacific. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about what's been going on this week in Amiga News? But before you do, maybe we should do some feedback. What a smooth transition to nothing. It's a segue. Mike. Uh, Darren Coles left us a message. He said, I enjoyed listening to the Spiris episode. Galahad, remember Galahad? Yes, FLT. Right. Uh, He also managed to sneak a reference to another prolific Amiga cracker into the game. You meet a character called Mock, or maybe Moke, and it says Mock Breaks Rocks. So Mock is another cracker. He's known as one of the best ever Polish crackers, active on the Amiga scene in the early to mid-90s. That's probably saying something. Yeah, he, he uh, and so you meet Mock, and uh, that is, I looked that up on uh, demozoo.org for all your all your cracker news. I like here that. Demozoo.org. So, so yeah. that from again? That was from Darren Cole. Well, so. well done, Cole. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, we got uh, we got no more feedback. What's all that other stuff on that's, there? That's all the other stuff I use throughout the course of the this show is, to keep this, us uh, that's on your track. Note sheet, yeah. So it's time for the robot voice. Hit it. And me. Why? What the hell was that? That was the robot the robot, voice. Bob Dylan had a baby. <laughs> oh, the Mega News. Maybe we should use that as a Yeah, sample. maybe so. You know, Bob, it was a little light this week on the news, I'm afraid. <laughs> but we'll get into what we, we dug up. And well, I, after last week, I mean, it's... It's funny, because last week I was like, man, the news is breaking early. We're in for... A, well, it's going to be a great fall. And then just hit... I couldn't find nothing this week. So, Boat, actually, the, the, the main news chunk, or nugget, if you will, came from you. John, Boat of Carshaw, you want to talk about this? Yeah, so... um. We found out that uh, a guy named Boing Max has created an <laughs> ISO file of uh, Casey Munchkin. So if you have a CD32 or a CD TV, you can now burn your own uh, your own copy of uh, of Casey Munchkin and play it. So um, again, you know Casey Munchkin, the port done by the one and only Gary James that we covered a couple weeks back. Uh, if you're eager for some O2 action on your Amiga, check it out. And your CD32. Plus, I am pictured in that game, and also both, but it's hard to get excited about that. <laughs> now, when was the last time that you fired up your CD32? You know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I have, I have, it's not connected. Uh, after its near destruction, for whatever reason, a couple years ago, I have been babying it. And so it's sort of attained, like, Vectric status. Mm, it, just, it just sits on a shelf and looks I pretty. would love to have one of those gizmos that they've got out now that you hook on the back, it gives you the joysticks, the SD or IDE or whatever, and they're cheap. They mm-hmm. look great. The problem is where mine was damaged, I'm going to have to go in there and do some patchwork to get something like that to work. It's a dicey business. It's a dicey, and I don't have the time to fool with it. So it's one of those projects that I'll do when I'm like 
when the little son is has moved out and he's you know going to college when I've got more time that's when I'll break that thing out so probably here in about 10 years I'll be I'll be up in it so well maybe you never know <laughs> who knows what I'll be doing 10 years as long as I'm still walking upright out of the dirt I'll what be episode happy. of Amigos will we be on in 10 years oh god <laughs> don't even think about it no don't even do that to me good lord <laughs> How many games are there? <laughs> <laughs> what else we got going on this week, Aaron? Um, our our good buddy, the Dream Ketcha, has a has an article up now. It, this literally, it's funny. I was just complaining to Boat before we went to air here. I was like, man, we got nothing uh, this week in Amiga news, and then this uh, Dream Ketcha joint popped up. In fact, it, is, it hasn't even showed up on my Google Plus yet. Uh, Dream Ketcha did a. Uh, a uh, article, and I, I, admittedly, I've not read this since I just noticed it, but it's uh, it's on a game by Magnetic Fields, but not the Magnetic Fields that everyone knows. According to him, it's some sort of public domain group. A different Magnetic Fields. Yeah, so, uh, which I thought was, you know, it's it's goofy. Uh, but uh, the name of it, let me see here, as Boat brings it up. It was, uh, what was the name of this thing, Boat? Uh, it's it's like ba- Baza? Baza, Baza and Runt. Runt. And it, it seems like with there are so many. I knew you were gonna say it. There are so many games <laughs> uh, where it's like let's combine two syllables to make the first character's name and one for the second. And uh, in Baza, I'm sure they say it Baza because England's always opposite of what we think it is. So um, like Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, right? And, and Sherlock Holmes. This might be the video game adaptation of that very series. We'll never know until we read it. Is there a more cool English name ever than Basil Rathbone? The, you know, that's the best. It is. It's the best. I can't yeah. think of one better. I love it. I love that one. Um, you know, this isn't Amiga related, but you should probably mention your uh, exciting article uh, or video that you've put up on your huge massive crate like game <laughs> that it's 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 comedic to watch you and hatch had just kind of just the sheer amount of time it takes to assemble this uh, gimmick yeah so this is uh you know we I, I bought i purchased gloomhaven as we talked about last week i think we talked about it on insert disc too um and chad came over after the podcast last week hat after chad. you'd gone home yeah. hat chad and uh i thought you know let's let's put this thing together and i just you know just for the fun of it i hit play or i hit record on the camera and uh, it took us about an hour for the two of us. This was a constant action just to put the organizer for the game together. And so what I did was I sped up the video 16 times so you can see it move, a, you know, very, very quickly. And then I put, you know, different comments about the, the assembly process and the other organizers that are out there and things like that. So uh, if you're at all interested in Gloomhaven or tabletop gaming, uh, check it out. It's, it's a pretty, pretty good video. You know... Chad at one point describes this game as like a dungeon, or somebody, maybe it wasn't him. Basically, it's a Dungeons and, Dar- and Dragons board game or card game, right? So it's like, imagine Dungeons and Dragons, except you don't need a DM. Right. This reminds me of if like someone could play, uh, what's an old, old game? Space War, right? Mm-hmm. But instead... They try to play it using the punch cards. That's what I was thinking as you were assembling this thing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. My God, we're really... It's definitely... It takes you out of the realm of imagination yeah, very quickly no when, you, when you're when you punching out thousands and Holy thousands smoke. of things. But um, well, I think we're going to record our first session whenever that whenever that occurs. So Sweet. stay tuned. Amigos Tabletop is not dead yet, even though we only released one video to it pre- previously, which I think was that electric football game. I guess technically... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, w- w- I don't know what you would... Uh, board games or table games. I mean, you could sort of put the RPG in there, and you could sort of put Quest of the Rings in yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. We, I guess they sort of count as tabletop. I forgot about the football game, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, really, the only other thing... Against- Actually, no, I've got other news. Oh. Sorry. This is on the Google Plus page, but I didn't oh, okay. expect you well, to go say ahead, it. man. Um, there is a new Amiga podcast. Oh yes, brand yes. new. Yes, I forgot all about uh, this. This is a guy, another U.S. based guy. That's a, was stunning. Um, and this this thing is called the Ten Minute Amiga Retrocast. So he's going for short form, a wise decision in this day and age of yeah. short attention spans. And uh, this guy basically uh, tells you what's on his mind. This is episode one, talking about his Amiga collection, but he takes you all through. He owns many, many machines, and he goes through all the expansions that he has and things. And he, stuff. Is a, he is a much more, um, how can I put this? Uh, us dumb, <laughs> him smart. That's, that's us, a good way to put it. low-end Amiga, we play game, him Let's reprogram this to circle the earth. Right. That's so. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a much, he's a much deeper pool there. Yeah. Like yeah. I was, t- like I said on the Discord, uh, him deep in us kitty pool. That's <laughs> basically effective. So if you need, if you like that sort of thing, there you go. And he seems like a real nice guy too. So good for him. Keep him coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that being the end of the news, no, well, one more quick item. Okay. One Just more a little quick, quick item. Little quick. Uh, we have, of course, a new ARG out this week. Mm. This was the People's Choice episode, uh, and the people chose the Wonder Swan Color from the Japan. The Wonder Swan Color. And uh, we what sort a of, system. We sort of go through all the Wonder Swans to a certain degree and uh, pick a couple of real winners uh, this week, and we do the best we can on an all-Japanese system that... Uh, uh, Almost every game is in full Japanese, but we did the best we could. Well, you luckily picked two games it, that were were not. I know people so. are going to think to themselves, "I look at look at Aaron, what a smart boy." But honestly, I, we we own the arcade machine for this game, and that's solely why I picked the game. I had no, and we just got lucky. And in Brent's games, it, squiggly lines are the universal <laughs> language. So, uh, so there you go. This game looks great. Well, and, you know, in my mind, I only listen to ARG most of the time, and in uh, my mind, it looked much less cool. Well. Again, also, it's a handheld, and the screen's yeah. a tenth that size, so it'll look better. Uh, you know, it is what it is. It's a racing game on a very cheap handheld. But, I mean, I, you know, it, it was not bad. Yeah, you know, not bad you know. at so all. So, if you're in the, if you me and Brent, I, I will say, I, I, I had a good time laughing and pointing and, and giving Brent the business this week, so that's always a good Who time. Who doesn't have a good time doing that? That's true. That's true. Um, so, that's it. No, no, no news. No news. That's all I got. Well, the, the very last thing I guess we should talk all about. Right. As, as we conclude the news segment for the third time, <laughs> uh, is uh, last week we released our very first live listener call-in show on Insert Disc 2. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so... Uh, that was a lot of fun, too. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got a storm brewing outside Amigo Studios right now. Man, if we so. were in the other studio, you would hear the rain coming yeah. down right now. Yeah. Um, and so if you uh, are interested in hearing what our... People actually sound like they listen to the show. They call in, leave us voicemails. So uh, make sure you you check that out. And we're going to be doing another one of those real soon because it was real fun to do. And they can leave voicemails anytime they want, right? Absolutely. On the Amigos uh, voicemail line, which I have not memorized. But if you watch the show, you can find it. Okay. How's that for a plug, that right? Yeah. All right, Aaron. It's time to get down to brass tacks, as mm-hmm. they say. Okay. It's time to talk about a cute little bird and his adventures. Uh-huh. Okay. So this week, the uh, uh, the powers that be 
the Amigos Game Selection That's Committee. That's right. The big dogs. Mm-hmm. Chose for us to look at a game. I've heard about this game for 8 million years. The New Zealand story. Yes. All right. Uh, and uh, again, being an arcade aficionado that, that I am, uh, I have never, and being a fan of several of the other games that these people make, I have never played this game until this week. Not one single time. So uh, I went in with, I literally had no idea what to expect. None. Uh, so this game was released in 1989. One disc. That's all I needed. Uh, it was developed by an outfit called Choice Games. Choice. I like it. I could not find hardly anything on Choice. I think they were a little... In, I think. It's just... I could be wrong. I could not find anything I looked. And their name did not help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they were a little, like, sub crew that were within Ocean. That's, I, that, I would guess that would be the case. But I can't, I can't tell you for sure. And they did some interesting... <laughs> They only did three games on the Amiga. <laughs> this, is, this covers several weird genres. So, of course, they did New Zealand Story. They also did Daily Thompson's Olympic Challenge. Oh, that was a huge hit on the spectrum. And then Platoon. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the so they, they captured all the genres. That's right. Really. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this was published by Ocean. So, I, like I said, we, I have a feeling that they were like an internal group. I don't know. And they, and they did a lot of games on other, like the PC and stuff. They did other stuff, but that's all they did on the Amiga. Uh, it's a one-player game, uh, and uh, uh, I, they even had the uh, original price of this thing, which I thought was interesting, 25 pounds, basically, twenty four ninety nine. So, which is, I guess that's a normal price for a normal game. I think so. Not a budget game. Um, so, uh, this got released, this, this really blew my mind, Boatster. This got released on every conceivable thing, I mean, on Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, just to go through some of these. The Amstrad, the Atari ST, the C64, the FM Towns Marty, PC Engine got it, or the Turbo Graphics. Uh, the, the Master System apparently got one of the best versions. Really? Figure. That's right. Uh, the uh, Mega Drive slash Genesis, the X68000. This is like all the systems we've covered on ARG. Mm-hmm. They're all coming back to haunt me. The ZX Spectrum, the PS2 got a, got a collection with this in it. So it's crazy, and the Xbox also was had a collection with this in it, uh, and uh, this was based on the 1988 Tato Coin Op, uh, which was uh, uh, not a big hit here, and I don't really know if it was a big hit anywhere. But I mean, I'm guessing it was big somewhere because it got to be ports. I was going to say, do you know for sure if this game was released in the arcades in the United States? I, I cannot tell you with certainty that it was. Okay. Now. I seem to have vague recollections of either seeing this on Starcade or maybe passing it by, but I've heard about it so much that it could have just been, it could be something in you know, subconscious. I personally have never seen it in the arcade or played it, and I've been in a lot of arcades, but I would assume it did get uh, released over here. Uh, this also got released on the NES, uh, and I didn't know this, maybe you, but they renamed it. It was called Kiwi Crazy. Have you ever heard of that? I don't know if that was released in the NTSC territory. I would, I would not be surprised if it was not yeah. released over here. Um, so, <laughs> um, of course, as I mentioned, this is a Tato joint. Tato. Tato, Tato. You say tomato, I say tomato. Do you? I've always called them Tato. Like boil them, screw them. Like Swish them in a stew. That's right. Okay. Um, and so, Tato, of course, from the long line, you want to name some of their arcade goodness that you've enjoyed that Space are, Invaders. are along the same line as oh, this? Oh, not really Space Invaders. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know what else did Taito do. I always just think about them with space. I think invaders. they did Bubble Bobble. Oh yeah, little, yeah. Uh, Liquid Kids. Okay. All that jive. So this was a th- th- this was and this is that sort of along those lines. In fact, uh, the Kiwi Birdie in this appears in other games mm. that they did, including Liquid Kids. Sort of like a mascot. Well, uh, if you're gonna pick one, I think you could do a little better, but that's just me. Better than the Hudson Bee. No, I like the Hudson B. Actually, I thought the LA was pretty cool. Just asking your opinion. Uh, <laughs> you're a strange man, Boat. So, a lot of ports. We can establish that. So, what the hell is this game? Well, because I didn't know. Okay, so, uh, basically, the game starts off with a bunch of little birds. Now, uh, these are supposedly uh, little kiwi birds from New Zealand, presumably. Okay, they don't look like a proper kiwi. They look more like little baby chicks to me, mm-hmm. and with, with tennis shoes. Yeah, uh, and there's a big mess. Of these suckers that are walking down a, a street. So they are they are identified as kiwis in the in the yeah, documentation. Yeah, okay. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, of course. And so all of a sudden, a walrus comes by and picks them all up in a bag and carries them off. And Just you, like that poem in Alice in Wonderland. Is that? Is, do you the walrus and the carpenter that? picks up some kiwis in a bag. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Yep. Um, the uh, walrus is the is sort of the jerk of the of the, of the game, and so you, uh, as the lone surviving kiwi, are, are meant to go and save all these. And this guy has sold these things all over the world, all over, uh, well, I guess all over New Zealand, and you've got to go and free your all your family. Mm-hmm. Okay, the old the old shtick, the old setup. So, what can this guy do? Okay, this is a jump around platformy game with a shooting element. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think what you what you could compare it to. I'm going to say Liquid Kids is similar, uh, but more refined. We'll go there. Uh, so you have this little bird. He can he has armed with like a bow and arrow, basically. Uh, he can get other weapons, including bombs, like just like laser guns, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. Things you wouldn't expect from a kiwi. You wouldn't. And something else you wouldn't expect from this guy is that he doesn't get he. He, he, he cares not for others. <laughs> uh, there are these guys that fly around these little platforms. He's more than happy to boot them off their platform to their death and take their platform, which I like. More, the idea of, more, a cute, of, a, more of a cuckoo sort of situation. I, I like the idea that there's a cute little dude that would just boot a sucker mm-hmm. and, and, and not, not think anything about it. So uh, this game also has a heavy... Uh, so you've got shooting, you've got platforming. Hmm? Don't touch the spikes. The, the funny thing is about this game is the bad guys won't hurt you, but if you touch their bullets or they or if you touch spikes, you'll die. But you can run right into the bad guys, which is you know it's it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You don't normally get close enough to do it. So uh, there's a ma- a heavy maze element, especially towards the end of this game, and I mean heavy. You go through some crazy mazes. Now I'll get to some of the similarities or some of the differences between this and the arcade. But in the arcade, you sort of have this, uh, you don't have a map, but you've got a, basically a thing that sort of gives you know where the exit's at. I don't, I, having played both, I don't really think it helps a bit, mm-hmm. but it was, that was sort of gone. It's like the radar in Rally X. It's there and it's cool, but nobody really uses it. It's less effective or useful than that radar, mm-hmm. and that is utterly worthless. <laughs> you're, you're right there. Uh, so, um, as you go around these mazes, there are, there are basically five levels and each level has four subsets, okay? So, yeah. And then at the end of each level, you'll fight an end boss, mm-hmm. okay? So, excuse me. So you go around fighting these other creatures, okay? You've got 
all kinds of floating creatures, and you've got these weird-looking like lizards and turtles. The stuff is it's a little hard to make out on the Amiga version. It, I mean, but it's just like weird critters and stuff uh, that you that you knock off these things. There's there are things that shoot at you. There are things that can shoot up and down or diagonally, uh, and they and stuff that can fly out. Now, uh, so what you're t asking yourself is what it makes this different than say like a Zool, for example, where you also can run around and shoot. Well. In this game, the action is not as manic, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, the, there's a more, I think this, the, the elements of jumping in this are, you have to be much more precise. There's no room for a lot of error in this. Uh, just when I say that only spikes can kill you, you, don't, you think to yourself, no problem. Well, there's a ton of those stuff. But all the spikes are everywhere. everywhere. That's right. Yeah. And so they will, and they will blow you away. So... Uh, another aspect of the game is that how the bad guys spawn. Uh, it's very, very similar to Liquid Kids, where the, just basically this portal will open up mm -hmm. and bad guys can pour out. Right. Uh, unlike Liquid Kids, where they the portals normally don't just open right on top of you. In this game, they'll open two or three portals and you're 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 screwed. They're right there, and stuff just comes barreling out. Uh, and so you really have to stay on your toes mm -hmm. basically to, to get by. Uh, there's also elements of this game that are underwater, and you and you have a uh, jungle hunt like oxygen bar that that goes up, and it's fun. it's funny when you when your when your guy starts running out of oxygen and he's underwater, he starts panically <laughs> like flapping his wings, or like oh god, mm -hmm. and you're trying your best to get this poor sucker to air, mm -hmm. otherwise he'll drown. Mm -hmm. So that there's an element of, of that. Uh, also, you can uh, in a Mister in a Mister Do style uh, homage or whatever, you can get pick up letters, and letters. I believe it spells the word extend. Extend. And then when you get all when you spell extend, you get an extra life. So it's sort of like I think extend is kind of a stupid word to use, but I don't. They I, wanted a long word, I think, so make it hard for you. <laughs> is that what they had to get those extra extra letters yeah, in there? Yeah. But it's definitely a, a tip of the hat to all the universal arcade now, games. Now, in the tr in the tradition of Azul. Uh, that you will pick up uh, lots and lots of stuff, but in this case, you once you kill stuff, it will turn into stuff generally. Sometimes you'll come across a big row of stuff you can pick up, but it's not it's nearly not as like, Yeah, it's not like Zool or Super Frog, where there's just stuff everywhere. So the levels on this are all based in New Zealand. And when I say that, I mean they're named for stuff <laughs> They're in New based Zealand. on actual locations in New Zealand. Uh, you will go through Auckland, uh, Rotura, Mount Cook, and so uh, you will, uh, and each of these, like I said, each of these names have sub-levels. Uh, there's caves. There's a cave section in it. Uh, like I said, there's an underwater section. There's a huge maze. There's, like I said, I think it's the fourth level. The maze is unbelievably difficult. I mean, I, I, and I, I admittedly, I played this game uh, with uh, oh, infinite lives, and eventually I turned that off and just turned on indestructibility so I could get through the whole thing because it was... I don't know how anyone can do it, and I'm sure some people did. But did, I mean, I don't know how did you do in terms of uh, your how far did you get without cheating or using extra man or whatever? Um, I started this game with X with infinite lives. So you I, I turned I, I turn that on immediately because you know when I when I sit down to play a game, yeah, I don't want to have to start over a bunch of times. All right, right, and so and I figured you know that's a, I didn't turn on invincibility. So I figured, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing the game like it originally was. One thing that's great about this game is that when you die, you respawn right where you die. Also, exactly like Liquid Kids. Yeah. Um, so um, I turned that on. I made it all the way to the end of the first uh, 
level, I guess, where the whale boss was. Mm -hmm. I could not beat the whale boss, so at that point, I turned on yield invincibility. Now, the whale boss is interesting. We should probably talk. Let's talk about these bosses for okay. a second. Um, you've got a boss at the end of each stage. Okay, so at the first stage, the end of the first, after you do four stages, you get to the end level boss, which is this uh, weird. Uh, whale covered in sort of like a crystal. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. Yeah. Or, or well, something. ice. Yeah. And so eventually, no matter what you do, he'll eat you. And you have to kill him from the inside out. Right. And while you're in his gullet, there are drips coming down, which I don't know what stomach acid or mm -hmm. whatever you've got to avoid. It. And I'll tell you, I did beat the first boss clean. So I got that far. So uh, uh, I got that to hang on my door. Uh, the second, I didn't get anywhere near the second boss I didn't, until I cheated. Who's an octopus, and then the third boss is this sort of uh, like a mummy-looking thing. Okay, that's a. You want to go? Did you look at all the bosses? I didn't see the the mummy. Now the fourth boss is not a boss. It's an area where you go into this pirate ship. Okay, and you go down, and it, so it's not a boss. It's an yeah, area. Yeah, I remember looking at that when I was sort of looking at the playthrough. I remember seeing the ship. And then the last boss is, is Wally Walrus. He's the guy that took the babies initially, going there and beat him, and he. Uh, uh, the bosses aren't well. I thought the the first boss was as, as annoying as any of them. They're they're not that tough. I would not call the bosses uh, that original or interesting, or and I would not call their fights that interesting either. Again, in comparison to a game that this is very similar to by the same people, which is Liquid Kids, the boss battles in that are are more interesting. I think the Liquid Kids uh, came after this Absol game. Oh, in no, several there's years. no doubt. Yeah, and yeah. this you can see the. It's funny how you can see the progression. You can of these chart games. the progression uh, because this is sort of like taking sort of like a bubble bobble or a rainbow and, and and having it scroll. Mm -hmm. You know, so let's have a scrolling get cutesy game. Now let's refine that and we'll that. So I mean, I, it, I'm not. It's not fair to compare them directly, but they do have a lot in common. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that. So and at the end of the game, there's there and there's an end game where it just shows you. Uh, you know, you've rescued the babies, and it just sort of sets on this static screen, and the game ends. So, now let's talk about this in comparison to the arcade, because I actually had a little bit of time this week. So I sat down with both games, I took two playthroughs, and I literally matched them up side by side on two different monitors, and I watched them to see how it compared to the arcade, because I had read varied reports on this that some people said, hey, this is a great arcade port, just like the arcade, and some people would be like, said it was like, it was okay, but it wasn't anything to write home about, all right? Mm -hmm. And I can report with with some confidence that this is an incredibly accurate arcade port. Uh, the guy who did this game over over at uh, Choice, uh, I did a hell of a job. Uh, the uh, uh, the guy, the coder, was a guy named Colin Gordon. Uh, he uh, now I didn't want to. I don't want to bury Gordon. I want to praise him. However, he was responsible for WWF European Rampage Tour. So that was that. Not, not one of his shining. No, moments. no, bad. That's bad. Uh, but I, like I said, I watched these played side by side, and of course, you can't match them up perfectly. There's two different people playing them. Uh, but the board, it's incredibly accurate. Uh, the layouts are identical mm -hmm. for the most part. I did see a few differences on the on the fourth level, uh, on the especially the level where you actually go to the pirate ship. It's a little bit different there. Uh, and underwater, on like I think it was the fifth level, there are, there are some things that appear. Maybe the third. There are some big bubbles that appear in the arcade that don't appear in the home version. And there's a, an octopus with one of the, you know the old uh, uses 
you know, use six or seven balls to make it look like a tentacle gimmick. Mm-hmm. In the arcade, there's that, and it didn't appear in the in the uh, Amiga version. Aside from that, and the fact that the uh, the map thing is there, which is not really a map or radar, uh, and the fact that the uh, uh, it says extend on the side instead of at the bottom, like in the arcade, they're very very accurate. Uh, then the scoring is completely different. I will say that they did not keep the same scoring mechanism, but I mean. Uh, every block, almost every obstacle, the the uh, the map of New Zealand that you see when you get to the levels, it's all very very accurate. Even the end bosses are very accurate. So any criticisms leveled at this game for an for an issue should not be anything to do with their inaccuracy. Uh, I mean the guy who put and this is not some kind of straight port. I mean this is all had to be redrawn. Sure. And I mean it's I mean it's very good. And if you consider the maze-like structure of this game, it's a very complex boat. So this is not an easy game to just... You can't just knock it out in a quickie. I mean, someone took some time and sat down. Yeah, let's talk about, you know, why do people... Did you ever... Did you come across in your research why this game is so fondly remembered by so many Amiga fans? Well, I think I did. Uh, And this game was one of the games included in in the very popular Bat Pack. Right. And so... Uh, of course, obviously the Batman game in there, but this this game, uh, for all of its merit and flaw, one thing it does provide is a lot of gameplay time. I mean, and for a game of this type, uh, a playthrough on this thing will run. And, if you, and these are people that know exactly what they're doing are can knock it out in about a little an hour and fifteen minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, if you're just starting out, you're, it's going to take you. It's, you're not going to whip through it that quick. It's a it's a game that has a lot of uh, hidden stuff in it. Uh, in fact, there are warp zones, and those are carried over directly from the arcade. So there are you have the ability to warp to different levels in different areas of the, of the uh, of the map. You know, it's sort of like Mario, where you can go from like two one to four one, and and there and there's a ton of these things that you can that you can do. Uh, so th- that's pretty cool. You know, if, if that's your bag, there's hidden areas. Um, there's a lot of gameplay there. Uh, that all that is and it, and it is accurate. So if you like this in your arcade, you're going to have it here. If you and if this is your sort of game, you're going to have it. Now, some of the gripes I've got. Well, do you have you have anything to add to that? Am I, what did your experience? I, mean, I don't know if you were playing in your arcade. Have you played this? In no, arcade no. Before? Like I said, I didn't know that it was an arcade game. In fact, when I first played this game, I was like, they've finally done it. I finally found a European development outfit that knows something about level design. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, much to my disappointment, I discovered that this is another Japanese game. So, um, because I was like, "This is a game that it, it's a it's a platformer on the Amiga, where you know it's a run and, and run and shoot sort of sort of experience, but the levels aren't too long and confusing. I know what I'm doing. the The objectives are clear. I was like, "Boy, this is what I've been looking for. Where can I find more of this these guys' stuff?" You know. And then, you know, I found out it was an arcade game. Um, but I thought that the game was not unduly difficult it was definitely a challenge uh it was definitely too much of a challenge for the 37 year old boat but if i was a youngster with unlimited time uh i would find you know many many hours of satisfying challenge in this and also i think that the cheats for this game came out relatively early in the game's life and so i'm sure if you were a subscriber to any of the amiga magazines you would come across these cheats and that would really open the game up to you and let you explore the whole thing sure plus if, again if you were an arcade fan and really good at it you would probably know about these warp zone areas that you can find so that was something that's just built right into the game from the arcade when you talked about the level design uh, it does get very complicated towards the end mm-hmm. extremely i mean it is it is as maze-like as you're going to find 
And but that's okay because it's at the end of the game. It's supposed to be hard. Right, it's right. not the first well, level. I mean, the, it, right. The start. I noticed the, uh, the fourth level got really difficult. Uh, and, and this game is hard. I, I I found it pretty difficult. I mean, like I said, I, it's not. The, it's by no means the hardest game I've played. And the it, fact that it starts where you died is okay. If you cheat, you're okay. Uh, uh, and if you're, it wouldn't have hurt to put a couple hearts on your life instead of just that, one hit kills. That, you know? that is something else. You you get one shot at it. And what what I found frustrating in this game, and again, or I played the arcade game too, just to get catch them both, and it was it was exactly the same. The, the the these portals that open up on you are infuriating. Yeah, you really can't make any time in this game because you're perpetually worried that something's going to jump on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the uh, uh, they're cheap. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought they were. I thought that aspect of the game was cheap. Yeah. Having again having experienced the same sort of thing in in in, uh, in uh, Liquid Kids, they are not as bad. So I'm guessing they took what they learned from this and used it to not be as ruthless. Uh, but I mean, it's eerily similar. It's the same exact concept. These portals just open up, but it's not quite as bad. The missile weapons that go all over are tough. And plus, something else that really bothered me was the they layer the enemies. So you might have uh, three enemies on top of each other, kind yeah, of moving around. That it's is very, kind of a poor decision because you can't tell what's there all the time. As slow as the game is, it gets real chaotic when it's a bunch of enemies flying mm-hmm. around. I, I I I didn't I didn't like that. Uh, to be honest with you. Uh, there are different vehicles you can... When I say vehicles, I mean, basically, it looks like little platforms that you set on. Friendly stranger in a black sedan. Well, yeah, I don't know what that means, but you've got... I'm a friendly stranger in a black sedan. I'm going to sip inside my car. Mm. Wanna, 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 wanna. I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I keep drinking, Boat. I wrote that song. You wrote that? Yes. That doesn't sound like something you'd want to advertise if you wrote friendly that song stranger. Is, that song is kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So you can get hot air balloons. Uh, they've got little... Uh, They've got Zeppelins you can get on top of. And there's a UFO that's supposed to be pretty cool. I didn't get to get and on I th- that. I thought it was, you know, I always I always felt a little thrill when I jumped on top, when I, you know, tossed a body out and jumped atop his craft and yeah. took off. And it was sky. cool. Now, but the thing is, the the crafts can get shot, but if you get shot on the craft, you're still toast. Right. Uh, there are, uh, uh, there's so much stuff. And it, that's what the really annoyed me about this was too much stuff, and especially when the levels get really convoluted. Now I skipped around. I played some of the end levels to get a fl- the flavor of them, and they're they, with that. What, you're already trying to figure out these mazes, and you've got to contend with all these enemies. Now, so get this. Here's what you've got. These are some of the bad guys in the game. Here you've got uh, fire breathing lizards on balloons, right? Purple penguins, and they're on top of ducks, <laughs> lambs with uh, like big guns or cannons. Uh, wooden puppets. There's these. There's these uh, bat-looking gimmicks that kind of shoot straight down these black. I don't know if they're bats, but they shoot these little straight down, like black arrows that mm-hmm. shoot down. Those guys are real irritating. Hermit crabs that shoot these little spiky things. There's stuff that shoots spiky stuff all the place. They'll kill you. Uh, uh, anything with spikes on it will kill you dead. Um, so I watched the end of this game to see what happened. The arcade game has a much more satisfying end. Uh, in the arcade, uh, it shows a little backstory of what happened. Then it shows you uh, freeing, or it shows all your family walking around. And it shows you at the end with like a, your, I guess your girlfriend, and as a, and I can identify with this. There's a scene where the two of them are walking through town or whatever through the zoo, and the and 
the the bird that did all the work is just walking slowly, you know, and the girl is just going blah, 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 <laughs> like nonstop. <laughs> I actually felt bad for this guy. It's like, oh, you poor guy. He's getting, he's getting the first girl. In the Amiga version, it just shows the one static screen from the arcade. It doesn't it doesn't do anything else, and the game just ends. Mm. You know, it just stops. So that was kind of uh, so the ending was cooler in the arcade. But again, you're talking about one disc here. And so, uh, you know, you've got <laughs> not, not the easiest thing, you know, not a lot of space. Now, this game did have some uh, peculiarities. Uh, one of the, <laughs> there's a very notorious cheat code in this. It's so notorious and nefarious that I can't even say it on the oh. air. It will get us booted off all of our, uh, but it's your classic. Remember, what, I think it was Dreamcatcher did an article on these very uh, cheeky, Code words. Yeah, you could tell that most of the uh, programmers working back in the day were uh, were at a certain level of maturity. For example, and I'll, again, I'm, just, I'm not going to say the whole thing, but mother something, kiwi somethings. Mm -hmm. I guess this guy's not a fan mm -hmm. of the. I guess not. Fans, people that knew Z, like the Amiga programmer of this. You probably shouldn't say that second one either. It probably means something. I'm awful. not, but it's yeah, not good. So, but I mean, there are cheats for this if you want mm -hmm. if you want to look for them. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the. It, it's these codes. How they even got through is always amazing to me. That someone would just say, "Oh yeah, it's okay." That way, when the magazine asks how we give you extra lives, it's a we'll just print that. Right. You know? Can you imagine that today? If Microsoft's like, "What's the code for this?" It's like you know, bleepity blah, 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 bleep bleep. <laughs> it's like what? And Bill Gates himself would come out and murder you. So let me ask you. Now we've went over the particulars of what the game is, how it works. You, I'm guessing from the sound of it, you like this. You enjoyed this particular game. I did. I enjoyed it. Um, this is my type of game. Yeah. I, I like this sort of game. Um, I thought, like you said, if I hadn't been cheating, would I would I have liked it as much? Probably not. But I'm taking it for what it is. They gave me the option to cheat right there in the WHD load. I took it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was colorful. I thought that each one of the stages, although you could tell that they were all sort of tile based, there is a variety of colors and things. They yeah. didn't all look the same. I. I all I could think about was Flood when we were playing this and just how much different this game was, even though they're basically the same game. Um, you know, the Flood's levels were all dank, depressing, and samey. And this, this one, the, the sub-levels sort of looked the same, but the, each individual level looked quite a bit different. Yeah, now. and I thought it was so cool, the little touches, like whenever he dives into water, he gets the mask and stuff, yeah. and I thought that and was it, really there cute. Were little, I noticed, another thing I noticed in the arcade is there were little statues and stuff in the background, and for the most part, the majority of that stuff made it. There'd be stuff painted on the wall. There'd be signs. There'd be little shapes or statues, and they almost all of them made it. There was one of the water levels where there were some four or five little statues that didn't make the cut, you know. But I mean, that's how accurate it was uh, to the arcade. So they put a lot of flavor in it to make it interesting. Um, I guess the million dollar question up for jump. What, what, how did you handle it? To tell you the truth, uh, I started out by um, by playing the version of the game that had up, you know, up map to the other button. Yeah. But I I turned that off. I, I disabled two button support because I found it too disorienting or disorientating if you're from the other side of the pond to uh, maneuver the flying craft with the button. I much prefer to use the up for the flight, and yeah. you, you can only do one or the other. Um, I will say I preferred having the second button. I played it in the arcade. Uh, in the arcade having two buttons. Uh, the the jumping in this is you really have to be pinned. Now in the arcade, um, do you still use the jump button for flight, or do you push up for flight? You, you well, you use the button. And the, the funny thing is, here's something that you can do in the arcade you can't do on the home version. 
is when your little guy's falling. If you hit the jump button real quick, he'll try to flap his legs. So that was something you could do. But it, uh, I thought up for jump was okay if you've got a good stick and you're and you're a good hand, uh, you can make it. You can make it work. Uh, but uh, um, I can see where it would. You know, it, it's hard to be super pinpoint accurate with it, in my opinion. Uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, and there's a lot of this game. I try to look. I try to put myself in a va- in the vacuum of when it was released, mm-hmm. and um, if this game had came out in '89, I would be probably pretty impressed. Uh, there's a lot of exploring to do. Uh, now there's a time limit on this. It really, every level has a time limit, but it's a fairly generous time limit, as far as I, as I can tell. Uh, but they sort of they you sort of have to look all over. You sort of kind of have to go through it, kind of memorize where stuff is to a, to a certain degree. It helps. Um, all that said, I part of me just kept thinking this is very generic uh, shoot, you know, run around shoot game. I, it it was cute. It was sort of cute. The New Zealand angle. I, I tried to figure out why, in God's name, this was called the New Zealand story, and I, I, and I found out why. Oh. I'm, sure, I'm sure you read this. No, one. please tell me. So. Um, it says here, according to and I read it several places because I tried to get more than one thing, that one of the Tato employees took, took a holiday in New Zealand, and they decided to he decided to use that as the basis for the game. That's it. Okay. So it's kind of a letdown. Yeah. I was hoping it'd be something more exotic. Uh, but all that said, and of course I've never been to New Zealand. It looks beautiful. I'd love to go. And I, and from what I've read, this has little to no tie-in. I hope it doesn't. There's a lot of spikes. Yeah, and, <laughs> I don't want to visit if it's like killer it, monsters like the game. Yeah. You know, coming at you. Uh, but uh, I, again, in today, in with Aaron's eyes right now, and again, having played a game that I think trumps this one, it, I it's not one I would go back to mm-hmm. that much. Uh, to be honest with you, even the arcade game, I I prefer I prefer Liquid Kids uh, to it. I prefer a couple other. Run around and shoot. like I don't think this would get go ahead of say an Adams Family or something. I think no. I think this, is, but I mean the one thing this does have that Adams Family has is the exploration factor. Uh, it's it's really tough. Mm-hmm. I will say that, and uh, uh, the end bosses are not great. Again, I think that they're not as good as they are in Liquid Kids. So, uh, but funny thing is, look, there's a version of Liquid Kids on the Amiga. I don't think it was ever released. So, uh, so this is really where they ended. Uh, but I know this is a popular game, and I can and I understand, and I'm not here to bury it. I can understand why it's popular, given when it was released. To me, it it was okay. I mean, I, 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 I my review is it's to me it's a mild game, somewhere in the middle. Now, other reviews were different than mine. I had a look at this. Now, this has a, a lofty score on Lemon, seven point nine two. Very good, mm-hmm. very good score. Uh, the other magazines were, uh, most of them were pretty favorable toward this. Uh, this was actually, get this, this was reviewed in Amiga format number one, 94%. The very first issue. Amiga Power uh, gave it, it's reviewed it several years later, four out of five. Uh, the uh, uh, CU Amiga of, of 91 gave it an 85. They reviewed this thing multiple times. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, your Amiga, which I don't think we've ever heard of, I've never heard of that one. Seems like every week there's a new magazine. Yeah, eighty six percent. So you're looking in the uh, you're B a B or low A, at least with our American grading average that we know of. That's right. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean I could see a, a, a lower level B. I'd say is where I'd put it. Oh man, I think you're vastly undergrading this game. Well, man, the B's low good. B, the B's, low B. B B's good. I'd B's put good. this on the solid B. This is this oh, is a oh, solid you're right above B. me. Come on, Bo, <laughs> give me a break. 
Uh, I looked this up on eBay. I, again, this I think this is another game that did not see a, a, a an American release because mm-hmm. everyone I found was in PAL, which is no good because I couldn't see the bottom of the screen. So, of course, once again, I had to emulate it. And guess what? I had to jury-rig uh, Cloanto's Amiga Forever to get this to work out of the ga- or out of the box. I couldn't get it. It kept crashing on me, mm-hmm. so I had to do this, but I did get it to work eventually. Someday you'll start using FSUAE in your world. Well, you know, it, it, listen, I'm always in a hurry, and I've got this thing already. Literally, it's loaded at all times. So if the, I can't get the Amiga to do what I want, and it's almost always because they're in PAL, I just go right over to it. I don't have any problem with the other one. I, I know it's good. Uh, I eBayed this sucker. Easy money. If you're over in the UK, you're laughing. Four bucks for the disc. Uh, you know, you can get these things ten bucks, twelve bucks. They're they're easily available, so it's not super rare. This thing was in some, a bunch of collections: the Rainbow Collection, uh, the and then some foreign collections, the Party Time Collection. And That's for, my kind of collection. And for whatever reason, the Sports Collection. Now, I found this little tidbit on a uh, Hall of Light. Uh, apparently, in an Amiga format demo, there's a set of exclusive levels. Mm. I couldn't find anything else about this. Uh, and so, uh, if anyone out there has heard about this or has any knowledge, drop you know, comment below, as they say, put down here. You know, hit the like button and the bell. Make you sure that, you subscribe. You hear that on, hear that on every, every one of these yeah. shows. Uh, but overall, it's you almost know, as bad as the constant nagging about Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't we? <laughs> what do you got to say to the people this week, Boat? <laughs> no, but I, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay. I, I guess that's my. I hate to be a, a, one of those guys, but it's okay. And, what, and your thoughts better? Yeah, I thought it was a little better than okay. There you go. Um, Aaron, last week we had one winner. Of the Patreon song contest, I don't. Did I get it last week? You didn't get it. I last don't think week. I knew that one. I was actually a little bit surprised that you didn't get it, um, because I mean, this is probably an example of college music for you. Although it, it was released when you were still in your formative years, um, it was uh, Allison by Elvis Costello. Nope. Now are I mean, you, I are you Elvis Costello, okay? Man. But you're not not really a fan. No, I don't hate him. Okay. But I don't like him. So that was his his first big hit was Allison. Um, it wasn't that big. <laughs> I mean, how could it have been if you hadn't heard of it? That's right. Um, I know you're mocking me, but I, no one knows. No one, nobody knew, except for Dell is Dreamy. <laughs> Dell is Dreamy. He knows. Right in from that 18-wheeler in the sky. I mean, I, what happened to Dell? Well, I shouldn't have said that. I know. <laughs> now you've done <laughs> knock on wood boat. Good Lord. Um, he guessed it correctly. He was the only one. Um Every week we do a Patreon song challenge uh, where we highlight all of the Patreon supporters of the show. Um, and if you know the answer, you can uh, write in at john at amigospodcast.com. And uh, if you get the correct answer, I will read your name. And just like I read Dell's just a second ago. So, Aaron, this week, the Patreon song challenge goes a little something like this. <clears throat> I really don't know how this is going to go. This, this, might, this might get ugly. Uh, oh, the first time ever. <laughs> Rob O'Hara, Howard, Nims, Matt. No. I don't know it yet. Rob O'Hara, Howard, Nims, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zo, Darren Lomax, Colin419, Bark, Bid, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leaf, Killand, Alan Kebab, Chicote Level, Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, 
Stefan Sorgon Mortensen, Edwin Helen Blendo 75, Christopher Hussle, Ravi Abed, Chris Foldsreen, Catchalon Giroux, Grand Vepke, Brent Dowdy, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alan Kabam, Anthony Jarvis, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THC, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humbertstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal, Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels of Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. That one's on the tip of my brain. I'll get it after the show. I'll figure okay, it out. Yeah, okay. I, I got it. Um, Aaron, you know, we talk about, um, we talk about Patreon a lot. We're not going to talk Do about we? Patreon. Well, we talk about it like once a week. I guess it's it depends on how you view a lot because we only have a show once a week. So um, okay. oh, yeah. everybody knows about you know supporting the show, getting on the list, being able to choose the games that we review. But you know, one thing that I think a lot of people are still kind of in the dark about is Discord. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I up until very recently, you were in the dark about Discord. I would have never ever gotten on there because I hate stuff like that. Right. But then it suddenly was awesome. And so yeah. I'd like you to explain to all the people that might be sort of in that same mindset that you used to be in about why our Discord channel is so cool. You know, I'm glad you gave me this time here at the end of the show because I've got a lot to say. Oh boy, here we go. I'm sick of your no. <laughs> Listen. I listen to podcasts for many years. Okay, this isn't a pitch. This is the straight up truth, yo. Mm-hmm. All right, because I'm playing straight with the, with the homies. So, it's real talk. That's right. And I didn't. I didn't give nobody no cash. I didn't participate in nothing. And I didn't. I sure as heck wasn't going to chat with any of these suckers. Who are these guys? They just entertain me. Shut up. That was my. I'm not that big a jerk. You know what I mean? Wow. So anyway, <laughs> go on, Aaron. <laughs> I'm really good. This is really working out good. No, seriously. And then, so we do the show, okay? And then you suddenly understand how this stuff works to a certain degree. Now, I don't like installing weird apps. I don't like, you know, and, and I don't really necessarily need to chat with a bunch of people. Same reason you, do, you sometimes you don't get a lot of feedback and you want some. I, I look back to my Your Christmas, the Amiga event that I tried to get going right when we started, and we got like zero support. <laughs> uh, but... When, and Boat's like, listen, you need to install this. Uh, what, the, we had something before we had Discord. Slack. And it was okay. And these are all web-based things. These right. are not something that it's that's not. That's right. Yeah. And so that's the first thing I want to get across. You need not install anything once you once you get on board. You're in. Now, I've got the gimmick on the phone, but I also use the web-based when it works great. And it does open up aspects of the show that are uh, great, that are beneficial, that are... Um, uh, far beyond what the stuff that we can provide, and you're talking with people. Not only are you talking with uh, avid Amiga users or retro game files, you're talking to very intelligent, very witty people who are all over the world. They share the, what they're doing. They share the uh, their, the events of their lives, the very interesting things they do. They share things technically from an Amiga or a computer or 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 console standpoint that we don't ever touch on. Because it's not our forte. For example, we discovered just today that one of the people on Discord, on our Discord, on the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord, designed an Atari ST emulator in Absolutely. JavaScript. That's right. You know, yeah. and and on top of everything else, you've got the, you've got 
uh, if you've ever used like an ICQ or something, or, 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 or an IRC, it's very similar, but they're way better. They're just rooms. Like, for example, we've got a, one of our sections is book talk. I'm not an avid reader, so I, I pop in there occasionally. But you just pick where you want to go. You just click on it, you go. It's easy as pie, and it's great. Uh, and I'm not working for Discord or, pay, or being paid by Discord. It's a great app. I never thought I'd be on board. And you know me, I'm kind of, it takes me a while to warm up to something. This thing is great. Uh, all the people in there are super duper nice. And uh, there's people in there most of the time. I yeah. mean, and if all you the miss, time. If you miss the days of being on, like, when, when the forums were really big and you really felt like you were you, you knew these people, or same thing with, like, the BBS, Discord recaptures some of that it because does. of its local nature. You know, not everybody can get in there and, and, and post whatever they want. It's a, it's a real community. Yeah, and, and uh, there's no scumbags in there. There's no one bringing people down. Everyone's cool. You don't have to even talk or say, I often don't, I'll probably type less than most anybody because I'm a pr- pretty busy guy, but I get in there and type, but I'm always reading what people are saying. It's always interesting. People put pictures of where they've gone or what they're working on, their projects, and we see yeah. stuff before it gets released sometimes, and it's on there. It's great. I highly recommend uh, uh, pop, pop it on board. Uh, uh, it's something that I get more enjoyment out of than I ever thought I would, mm-hmm. and it's part of the show. It's one of my favorite parts of doing the Amigos was, is the little community that's built up around it. That makes it a lot more fun. And it, it helps you in every way with your Amiga. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of active chat communities, uh, we do tape this show live every Friday around 5.30ish, except when we don't. And you can join all of the fine folks in the YouTube chat. Uh, they are very, very active today. We got Pixels at Dawn. We got the Guru Meditation in the house, oh. Amiga Bill. Uh, Duncan Styles. Uh, let's see, Dazley's here. Retro Tech and Toys. Edvin Helland. Just a whole a bunch of people. Row yeah, of, of elite Amiga cool people. Yeah. So, um, and make, there's us. Yeah. If if you if you're not doing anything on Friday night and you want to chill out, grab yeah. a drink and sit down and listen to some Amiga talk and participate in the chat room, you know, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. All right, Aaron. Next week we're going to play another game, and I need you to vamp for that. just a couple seconds while I look up what it is. Hey everyone, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work. We another thing Discord's good for, so we can see what the heck's going on. Next week, Aaron, we are going to play Brian the Lion. Okay, now this we actually have at least had a look at. Right, I think uh, we played that was this last year's uh, Amigathon. Yeah, not it? this past year, yeah. but the, the Amigathon year one, we played Brian the Lion. Oh, speaking of Amigathon, let's let's touch on that before we go. Uh, a certain commenter. Uh, was very sad and worried that we were done with releasing Amigathon videos. We are not. Uh, we've got uh, 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 more coming out soon. We took a little break on those because we were just been. It's been summertime. We've been super busy uh, and, and some technical issues. But uh, we should be seeing some of those pop up. I'd say next week or so. Great, you? great. So those are those coming soon. All right. And uh, if you are currently in the chat with us, stay tuned for Insert Disc Two. Everybody else, we'll see you next t- week. Until then. Adios. Adios.